Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 130. This is the official Marvel podcast of all news, new releases, action, adventure, thrilling water drinking, and more. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Marvel.com editor Ben Morse, enjoying a nice, cool, refreshing drink from my non-brand-specific water. <laughs> uh, we are also joined by intern Alexander Ale- Lopez. I introduce you, <laughs> all right? No, we to... introduce ourselves because we've earned it over the course of 129 episodes. I said I do that one time. <laughs> <sighs> Alexander Lopez is here. Uh, we got a lot to talk about this week. We are recording this late. I was out of town, and then Ryan's going out of town. We're just traveling a lot lately, um, which is normal for you, but odd for me. Um, but you're headed to C2E2 in Chicago. Chicago, going to eat pizza and tacos mm. and donuts and sausage. You can, all day. Do, you can do anything else but eat. I guess. You I know, like work out at some point. Yeah, I'm going to work, work out eating. Saturday and Sunday. Uh, I've already planned those out. All Saturday and Sunday, you're going to work out. Yep. Uh, I'm hosting two panels. Uh, I've got to cover other panels. Probably goof off with Chris Daniels. That's uh, right. He's gonna be there. Yeah. Comic writer Chris Daniels. Know, That's his primary profession now. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. No. If we can get him over to this side, then absolutely. Yeah. Um. So you're gonna just what? Well, like, I see you like hosting a panel. It's like turn it over to someone, swallow a taco, do 75 push-ups. Yep. All before the next question. Pretty much. It's the dream. Yeah, that's that's the life I've uh, built for myself. It's like the now. Seinfeld where George was eating a sandwich while he was in bed. I don't know that. It's a pop culture reference. I'll bring you up to speed. But first, let's I go I know over... there's some jerk store reference that no, I like. No, that's a different episode now. I don't even watch that so much Seinfeld and I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Now, anyway. Alex, Alex wasn't even born yet. No, he wasn't. Um, anyway, we got a lot to cover. You're going to say that. And we'll start with talking about the print comics on sale because that's what you guys come here for. Our insight. Yeah. First up is All New Invaders, number four by James Robinson, with art by Steve Pugh. Pew, pew, pew. Pew. Uh, so I think it's cool. The the Kree are just epic jerks. Yep. Uh, space jerks. That's trademarked. They're mm-hmm. space jerks, and they have hypnotized poor Ikari um, from is it Ikari, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, from the Eternals, who's basically got every power. Yeah, uh, I love that they're the the invaders are they have to fight him as they you know as you need to do and they're like he could do this and he could do this and he yeah. could do this and the, he could probably do other stuff. The tor- yeah, the torch is a nice narrator because yeah. he's just like, yep, he can fly. He's got super strength. I don't know. He's probably got plenty of powers. He's not using against us. Who knows? Yeah. Let's fight. He doesn't need to. <laughs> um, it's awesome, but. Um, I love this team. This team is great. It's Cap and uh, Winter Soldier and Namor and Human Torch. And there's a bit of sneakiness going on. And, you know, there's the hot tempers uh, and um, strategy. There's a lot of fun stuff. I like where uh, what they're doing. Uh, and I think it's cool. These characters have had a lot of um, books and a lot of chances. And I think this is the one that right. really nails it right now in the the current Marvel Universe. Yeah, and I like the idea, too, that, you know, it's important, I think, in... When it comes to team books, they each get their own distinct identity, right? And the whole X-Men are the oppressed, the Avengers are kind of the all-star team, the Fantastic Four is a family, and these are really, like, the soldiers. They're, but they're more more than just the soldiers, they're the band of brothers type. They, yeah. they refer to it repeatedly. Like, they have this bond that you only have with someone you kind of go down in the trenches with. Yeah, that's not on the list, but... It happened, so we'll talk about it. A little behind the scenes, behind the curtain there. You guys will never know what we're talking about. Hey! 
That's how we do our jobs. Anyways, over to Avengers Arena number three. Not Avengers Arena, Avengers Undercover. The sequel to <laughs> Avengers Arena number three. We're professionals. It's like botchamania right here. Um... <laughs> Written by Dennis Hopeless, art by Timothy Green II, filling in for Kev Walker this time. This is a huge issue, hugely emotional. You've got the survivors of Murder World have been taken by Hellstrom to face off with their tormentor, Arcade. So I didn't think they were going to bring Arcade back into the book this quick. Yeah, me neither. So it's kind of shocking. It's unnerving. He's so, he's just this, this boogeyman. And all the various survivors deal with what they want to do to Arcade. Are they killers? Are they not? The Masters of Evil are kind of watching on to see what they do. Hazmat is all messed up. Um, they fight each other. They fight some returning characters. They fight their way through a new kind of murder world, which is kind of messed up. And Hopeless just continues to do his great job building Arcade, uh, just just becoming the definitive Arcade writer. Um, as this guy who's now like, you know, I achieved everything I wanted to, so what do I do now? And having almost like this existential crisis of like, what do you do after you've gotten the biggest win ever? Well, I guess you go and do this. Uh, and then a shocking ending that I did not see coming. I think it will take most people by surprise. Yeah. All right. Daredevil number two, one of our one of the two Mark Wade written comics we're going to talk about this week. Uh, beautiful art, as always, by Chris Samney and Javier Rodriguez continues to just nail it on colors. Um, I love this issue. It's only the second issue into this new volume, and Daredevil is pretty firmly established already in San Francisco. He's got a mix of his old and new supporting cast. But what's really cool for me about this issue is it takes the Shroud, who's this kind of B-level Marvel hero. Um, and Wade, in the course of this issue, just elevates him like so crazy. Awesome. It, you know, it's very similar to what was done with the Owl yeah. back in the day with with Bendis and stuff. They yeah, took an Owl who was kind of a joke, kind of a low level yeah. character, and made him a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, but what's interesting with the Shroud is it's all rooted in stuff stories that have happened in the past. Um, it's all legit because you know Wade's a continuity junkie. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I love the little touches. Like he has a picture from Juliet Carpenter because they dated. Um, just the little things. And Shroud is really kind of like the 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 Daredevil. And this is how Wade plays him: is he's Daredevil if Daredevil didn't get some of the breaks he got, which sounds crazy because no one gets less breaks than Matt Murdock. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he's still this successful lawyer. Everybody loves him. Right now, he's kind of like a little media darling. And he makes the most of what he has. Shroud is another blind hero who experienced trauma, but he has not had the success that Daredevil has had. So, of course, he's jealous of Daredevil. And also, San Francisco is his, his turf. He's been the hero of San Francisco. He's unhinged. But... The way Wade writes them playing off each other, I like the way he writes Daredevil as a hero and the nicest guy, but also kind of, you know, very dismissive of Shroud and kind of a jerk. Um, not perfect, and that's Matt Murdock, you know? he's uh, He can't help but have a little of that arrogance that comes with his success. Um, could go on and on, but at the end of the day, it's just a cool reintroduction of a character and opening up of daredevil's little world here in san francisco the art is gorgeous ends on a twist and just right like that you know the number one issue is a lot of setup number two 
right into our next kind of super arc. So Daredevil was superb this week. Superb. Uh, over to Dexter Down Under number three, written by Dexter novelist Jeff Lindsay, illustrated by Dalibor Talajik. And uh, you got some sex, you got <laughs> some mystery, you got some murder, you got some outback chit-chat, uh, you got some sneakiness, a little bit of everything. Uh, fun little Dexter tale. Uh, Electra, number one, written by Hayden Blackman, and uh, art by Mike Del Mundo, and Hot Damn! Yeah. Hot Damn! <laughs> Here we go. This one is, I was very excited for it, did not disappoint. Um, Hayden Blackman comes to us from uh, Distant Shores. Yeah. He was uh, doing some work there. He was also uh, in video games. I actually met him at hmm. uh, a Gears of War party at E3, like three or four years ago. And he was, at that time, I think, writing Star Wars comics. Oh, cool. And, like, starting to branch out in the comics. And I was like, you should write for Marvel. Yeah. Didn't really work. I mean, it's not, <laughs> that's not my job. I just like to talk to people. And, you should uh, write for Marvel. Yeah. Hey, God. Yeah. And uh, he ended up doing some Probably stuff. why it took so long. For, yeah, for, for the folks uh, across the way. And But now we got him here, and he's nailing it. He does a really cool job of setting up, you know, a world for Elektra that is... Outside what you know from her, because we haven't seen yeah. Electra in a solo book for a little while. Um, you know, you see her in Daredevil, you see her in Thunderbolts, you see her wherever. Um, but here, you, she establishes uh, Electra's connection to the assassin world, and this is really like Electra getting back into being the master killer that she is. So we meet the matchmaker, who I think is an awesome character. Very she's cool. like a flapper, um, <laughs> and she she's the one who assigns the assassins to do their assassiny things. Uh, we get to meet Bloody Lips, this villain, this new. I guess it's just another assassin, really. Yeah. Uh, Bloody Lips is just an awesome, awesome character. Really cool, super creepy. Um, I don't want to give away like the character's hook because mm. it's really fantastic. You got to read it. Um, we get to see the appearance of uh, a big bad villain in here yep. in, a, in an unexpected way. Really dug that, and we got the mystery of who is Cape Crow. Amidst all that, Mike yeah. Del Mundo is just—it's incredible, phenomenal. It's everything. Ugh, just like those... you love his cover work, yeah. and we've seen him do a little bit here and there in interiors. Here, he's just balls to the wall. Anytime, really anytime loose. there's a double page spread, uh, you just gotta like frame it. Half the book is double page spreads, and it's. It's perfect. It and works. those first couple pages, especially, uh, uh, where he has like the red bleeding out of her and all yeah. that, it's amazing. It's, uh, yeah. and I think a lot of, I, I was pausing every two seconds to like show it to my wife, and I was like, oh, look at this. She's like, ah, oh, that's insane. Yeah. Um, but I think he nailed it. It's like, you know, one of the things that's been a problem for Electra in the past, and they address it right here in this book, is that she's been so defined by her role with other people, whether she's Daredevil's love interest, whether she was killed by Bullseye, whether she's a member of the Thunderbolts. And Blackman does a great job, a lot like the Black Widow book, yeah. um, of saying, all right, this is what she does. This is something she doesn't share with anyone. This is what she's up to on her own time. And I think it's, it's a premise that can really run. And Del Mundo's art is just... Unstoppable. Yeah, an additional shout out to Marco D'Alfonso who oh, helped yeah. out with colors. That's Mike and, and hugely the two of them. Valuable. Just the colors in this book are just gonna punch you in the face and eat your teeth. Can't be understated. Yeah. Alright, over to Empire of the Dead, number four from George Romero and artist Alex Malev. This is getting very interesting with the vampires and the zombies. And now you have these rednecks who I don't know what their deal is. Hey. 
We're going like, we're going to kill some zombies. Forget, My name is Blake Garrett. Yeah, Blake told me I forget which term is offensive and which isn't. It was like redneck. <laughs> it's either redneck or hick. Like one's offensive and one is not, and it's very specific circumstances. We'll have to, we'll have, to have him back on the show to uh, explain it sometime. Maybe maybe on episode two hundred. Um, but yeah, you got all these forces converging in New York City. Weird stuff going on with the mayor. Creepy stuff going on with the mayor. Maybe very unsettled. Uh, and the most interesting stuff is with the zombies who have limited intelligence starting to develop their own agendas. So just a nice little potpourri of stuff going on in Empire of the Dead. Meanwhile, in Fantastic Four, number three, the first two issues of Fantastic Four by James Robinson, Leonard Kirk, and Carl Kiesel were threw you right into the FF battling this huge monstrous first they battled think bang boom and then this big invasion force uh what i like here is that it's a catch our breath issue human torch has lost his powers reed's trying to figure it out sue's trying to deal with the kids things rekindling his romance with alicia masters but the nice thing i like about this and this is totally what i want from a james robinson comic is there are so many ties to other parts of the marvel universe that just kind of tore around all right here's how the ffs established everything whether you got a quick mention of Deathlock with a nice little throwaway joke you got the puppet master lurking in the background you got damage control you got shield namor shows up we hear from valeria dr doom's in there um Nick Fury shows up. It's just like, oh, and then we have uh, a new group of villains at the end. Well, actually, an old group of villains with a new name. So just, this is what FF has always meant to me. It's something we talked about with uh, Peter Sanderson when we spoke to him on the upcoming to be released this week in Marvel on the, the 60s. FF is supposed to be like the clearinghouse book of the Marvel Universe where everything kind of stops in. It's like the hub. And that's what it felt like here. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy number 14 big big epic uh, double sized anniversary issue I thought we were calling this Guardians of the Galaxy number 100 it is somewhere online yeah I don't know I guess maybe it didn't make it past the list in our hearts yeah it is well it is the 101st issue technically because the 100th issue was the last part of the X-Men crossover but they couldn't really do an anniversary issue and conclude that crossover oh. is the company line um, but yeah, this is we're considering this the hundredth issue. Sure, whatever. Uh, it's a, it's an awesome comic. We've yeah, got uh, cool. three stories in here. The first one by Brian Michael Bendis, with pencils by Nick Bradshaw, Jason Masters, and our boy Todd Nock. And it's the dismantling of the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a pretty um, epic takedown of the team uh, from Quill to Gamora to Drax. Venom's now part of the team. And yeah. uh, what I like is, you know, on Earth. He's Venom. He's got the symbiote, and it's really intense, and people are scared to death, and it's like, ah, this thing. Out there, out in the galaxy, space, people are like, oh, you got a symbiote? Get out. You're disgusting. You're gross. Oh, what? You're going to step to me? Boom, you're done. Yeah. It's great. They're just like, ah, idiot human with a stupid symbiote. Yeah, you have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, And it's just, there's this one panel that Todd draws, and it's uh, Venom looking up at the sky some bad guys got away and he's like uh oh it's just it's really great very simple little panel there yeah uh, you got some Badoon action always love seeing the Badoon, Badoon. Uh, Peter Quill's dad is a super space jerk uh, yeah, it really it's really kind of unsettling because I'm going back we've been getting all this like old archival Star-Lord material and we read that one comic where his dad was kind of a good guy and I was like oh man <laughs> it's too bad that couldn't last hey you know, uh, power corrupts and absolute power. Oh no, yeah, no, absolutely. it all it all follows along the line. I mean, at the yeah. end of the day, no matter how good they tried to make him out to be, he's, he's still abandoned his wife and son to be killed by aliens. Yeah. So, 
King, not, a, not a great dude. King of the galaxy. Uh, and then we get a great splash page to nice. end the main story of our hero who will save the day because... Very impactful. Uh, second story is a terrific, epically heartbreaking tale by our friend Andy Lanning mm-hmm. and uh, Phil Jimenez. And it's about Groot, and it's really a great origin story. Yeah. And it's going to punch you in the heart. Yeah. Cause that, was, that was a tough one. Yeah. It was beautiful... And it was really sweet and really, again, yeah. heartbreaking. Uh, just pages of Phil drawing trees. Uh, I could. That's what he loves to do. Give me a book of that. He loves just drawing that. trees. Uh, and our third and final story is by Dan Abnett uh, with art by Gerardo Sandoval. Yeah. Uh, and it takes place a thousand years in the future as the uh, the classic Guardians of the Galaxy right. get themselves a little spotlight time. It's really yeah. cool. Uh, and the know, way it ends, it seems like this might not be it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it like, ends on a cliffhanger. Uh, We'll see what happens. From the like the three different people on Twitter who are constantly asking me what's going on with the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Go. Well, this, I mean, this is a nice shout out for Guardians Hundred Issues because obviously a lot of those Hundred Issues were the original team. Yeah. But not only that, you got Abnett and Lanning both doing stories. These were the guys who built the modern Guardians of the Galaxy, and we like to give them shout outs. And then you got Bendis doing his thing in the main story. It really is. It's a nice tribute to everything that's gone into. Getting them to a hundred issues. Yeah, and there's a gorgeous cover with like really nice you know, current and classic Guardians characters. Yep. Yeah, kind of celebrating the whole deal. Yeah, Iron Patriot number two by Alesh Cott and Gary Brown. Uh, so at the end of the first issue, Rhodey was in the uh, Iron Patriot armor and everything had gone wrong. Yeah. So we pick up where everything has gone wrong and everything continues to go wrong. I love Rhodey's dad. Rhodey's dad is a bad. I love Rhodey's family. His dad yeah. and his niece. Both awesome. Yeah, dad they, both had, they, like, they both shined in different ways. Yeah, it's like his dad's like, I'm gonna put you in a sleeper and I'm gonna make you tell me what's going well, on. There's like guys holding guns at him and he yeah. literally is balling his fists He's up. Like, Let's He's go. like, I got a plan. The minute you turn around, pow. Yeah, uh, and the, the niece is super smart and she's you know obviously getting herself into trouble. Yep. And then we get to see who's behind all the bad stuff going sort on. Of. Yeah, sort of. I don't know who that is. Uh, see, I I was looking at it. And I thought you were going to tell me who it was. No, I got a sense. I was like, is that like classic Beatles? Like I don't know, man. You know, I don't know. It's it's a very it's a very ambiguous uh, armored design. It could be a lot of people, yeah. you know. But they're st- they still haven't named him. Yeah. So I'm going to assume it's still a mystery. Yeah. But very cool. I, I'm really digging this series. I don't know if it's ongoing. Or, it is. Uh, I hope it goes on for a long time. It's really, really That fun. is an ongoing series, and it's cool, and it's fun. All right. Over in Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man number 25. Holy, this is an anniversary issue. <laughs> um, Joe Caramagna adapts For Your Eye Only by Brian Michael Bendis uh, from the hit show Ultimate Spider-Man on Disney XD. All right. Big comic this week. Original Sin kicks off with a zero issue. This is the first comic I read this week, and it brought a tear to my eye. I tweeted that. Mark Wade tweeted back, was it this line? And, like, start out a bunch of words. And it was. <laughs> the exact line. He knew it, and he goes, this is the best line I've written in years. Okay, so this is ostensibly a spotlight first on Nova, Sam Alexander. Mark Wade writes, Jim Chung Draws. Jim Chung has a little assistance, I think. Yeah, from Paco Medina steps in, helps him out here and there. But Nova recaps his origin real quick, fights Tomazuma, who's an old monster character who, of course, Mark Wade would use. And after the fight, 
hangs out with the Avengers. I'll never get sick of seeing Sam Alexander interacting with the Avengers and trying to seem cool in front of them. Um, but I love this. He goes, he's been wondering about the Watcher lately. He hasn't seen the Watcher lately. And he says, like, he had a fight with Tomazuma. And he's like, hey, so is the Watcher going to show up? You know, he shows up for everything. And the Avengers kind of make fun of him. He's like, ah, he only shows up for important events. And Sam's like, really? And then I love this. They're taught. They give him basically like, oh hey, here's the phone on the watcher. Like you know, he watches everything. He keeps tabs on everything. And Sam just goes, why? Like the way only a teenager would. And <laughs> he goes, why? Why does he do that? And Cap goes, I, you know, no one's ever asked him. So the rest of the issue is Sam going to the watcher, bringing him a really cool gift, and then asking, why do you do what you do? There's yeah. uh, so it, a lot of this is Sam talking at. Uatu, right? Asking questions, but do you watch a new girl? Yeah. Uh, so for those of you who watch New Girl, Nick has a his be, his friend <laughs> yeah. is the guy on the bench <laughs> who never says a word. That's perfect. But they always have these conversations, and it's that's who it's to. Terrific, and that is what that is like, I was listening to. to this, and I was like, I was watching this, I was like, oh my god! Yeah. And totally if you is. if you watch some of those scenes in uh, in New Girl with this in mind, vice versa, hilarious, and it's terrific. I gotta say, I gotta give. Credit because I think this is a Paco Medina page, but I'm not sure. Paco Medina does a great job of just like chameleon uh, Jim Chung because obviously Jim Chung needed some help like at the last second. Yeah, but I have no idea who drew what. Um, they both are just brilliant. Yeah, they nailed it. And this the weapons room that yeah. we're looking at right now. So, yeah. So basically, Sam like Roger's still not talking to him. Sam's trying to get what's the deal on him. He gets taken on a tour and he learns the origin of the Watcher. Now, I'm going to confess, I don't know how much of this is Mark retelling old stories, because I spoke to him on uh, a podcast that we put on earlier this week, and I know he said, you know, a lot of, a lot of The Watcher showed up a lot before What If, uh, he would show up in old backup stories and stuff like that, so some of this might have been just retelling, but man, it's a heartbreaker, mm. you find out why The Watcher is cursed to watch but never interfere, and... Except when he wants to interfere. Except when he wants to interfere all the time, with his... <laughs> crazy Jim Chung splash page of uh, this is cool for us because it's a lot of the old what ifs um, it's just showing all these various reality looks at and then we see the one I don't even know like this is he, the watcher every reality is looking at every what if story we've ever read he's looking for one thing and when you find out what it is yeah. it breaks your heart and this is the line yeah. that got me I'm showing Ryan. I'll show Alex later, maybe, if I feel like yep. it. Um, yep. And then the Watcher finally speaks to Sam. Sam goes nuts. And then that that's it for the Watcher. Because, I mean, it ends with him walking off. But we know that when Original Sin kicks off, the Watcher is dead. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, Which my God. Which makes it all the more, like, gut-wrenching. Ugh. Mark Wade, you genius. And Mark Wade knows how to write Sam Alexander. He wrote his his first appearance, basically, back in the Infinite comic. Yeah. If it wasn't his first, one of his early ones. So if you're playing to read Original Sin, you should check this out. Really get to know the Watcher. Understand why this is not just a big, bald dude in a dress, dead. Um, this is a character that matters. And if you're not, just, oh, man, this will push you over the side. And it's also just a great standalone yeah. story for Nova fans. Nova fans. Really gonna read it. Uh, fans of, like, the Marvel Universe itself. Yes. Like, just, there's lots of what little Easter eggs and stuff in there. Yeah, and... if you love What If. Mm-hmm. A really good comic for a lot, of, a lot of different people. Yeah. 
All right, Savage Wolverine, number 17, written and drawn by Richard Eisenhoff. This is the final part of his noir story. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you want to see people get stabbed in the eye, if you want to see people get killed, this is your jam. This is, uh, you know, Wolverine trying to help people. And as in typical Wolverine fashion, everything goes wrong for the people he's trying to help. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's lots of blood. There's lots of violence. It's a a great old-timey tale. And it really has... Uh, a terrific final two pages that that made me happy. Yeah. After that everything page that's, been, that's gone through, I was like, "Oh my god!" Every yeah. could you could you please not? It was all, make it so horrible. It was all for something. Yeah, there, and that's that's the great takeaway. It's right. like, ah, oh, and that that those last two pages are just gold. Superior Spider-Man Team Up number 12, written by Kevin Shinnick. Main portion of the art is done by Ron Friends, with the bookend by Marco Cicchetto. Now, we were raving about the first part of this uh, two-parter, which is set in the past. It's a flashback to Doc Ock teaming up with Norman Osborn for the first time, really. Uh, in the first part, we, we raved about that issue, how it established this weird friendship between them, but also this crazy rivalry. And when we had last left them... Norman Osborn had found the the one that got away, the only woman who Doc Ock had ever loved, um, and poisoned her. And he's basically doing this, like, you need to learn loss. Their whole difference of opinion is that Doc Ock thinks everything can be done through science, and Norman Osborn thinks you need emotion, you need passion. So he's trying to drive Doc Ock to be passionate. There's a fight, more of a beatdown, a Doc Ock beatdown on Green Goblin that's enormously satisfying, at the same time frustrating because the end of the day it's not really helping him and then they go back to doing their separate ways but they're both trying to prove something to each other now and, and i like this how it takes kind of a tour down like the 90s and everything else where it's doc ock trying to beat spider-man through his inventions through science to prove that norman osborne that logic can win and norman osborne launching these mind games you know stuff like the clone saga and everything else showing like no no you got to take spider-man down emotionally it's just this cool game of chess but every interaction doc ock has with norman osborne just really peels away layers of the character and then in the last three four five-ish pages um there's kind of a postscript an epilogue that there's a big twist that makes this fit with a lot of stuff that's been going on as part of Goblin Nation and all that that made it even more poignant for me uh, and made it all mean so much more. I really encourage people to track down just this two-parter. It's really 11 and 12. stellar. I mean, when it's released in collections, definitely get the collections part of, but as a standalone, uh, this is great stuff. Kevin Shinnick really came to town, and Ron Friends nails it. Oh, yeah. Uh, He does a great job of, you know, giving it that, that feel it needs to be retro, but also just beautiful stuff. Um, I just really, really brought both characters, both Doc Ock and Norman Osborn, to life for me. So can't say enough good things about Superior Spider-Man Team Up. Thunderbolts, number 25, another big anniversary issue. Why don't we celebrate these anymore? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Written by Charles Soule, art by Paco Diaz. The Thunderbolts are down there in, like, the Amazon or something, going down this river of monsters, (laughs) trying to find a lost team that ross left behind it's more just this is it, it's the black humor of this book is yeah. the draw just the punisher being so dark and deadpool being so dark the leader really is the star of this issue something nasty happens to ghost rider but i love the bit <sighs> where the leader and kind of the sleazy dude they're working where they're talking and uh the leader just very blankly says he's like yo everyone's having sex right now this is the time to get him <laughs> if you want to go get him <laughs> just puts it right out there yeah. 
Oh, just so demeaning. And uh, yeah, just you don't know who's turning on who. They're all betraying each other every second. This is this is perfect. This is what this book needs to be. Yeah. Uncanny Avengers number nineteen. Now, how can you look at that cover and not go crazy? Oh my god! Right. Well, you got, so the this is the Chrono Core. Mm-hmm. So it's Kang's team uh, assembled from across space and time. Uh, you've got Kang. Iron Man, which is Arno Stark, and if yep. you know your you know classic Iron Man stuff, that's Arno Stark, Iron Man of 2020. 2020. Uh, May Parker, who is Poison from Earth X time, I think. Wasn't she Venom? Venom, Poison, whatever her. I don't know. She was in Earth X. Yeah, she's got her Earth X. She's got the Venom symbiote. You're right. She may have changed her name. Yeah. Uh, Strife, of course, because yes. Uh, Doctor Doom 2099, who was yep. one of the best. Characters. Was he a doctor in 2099? He was always okay, a doctor. That's fair. Because uh, the series was Doom 2099. Yeah. So I didn't. I mean, he will always. He, be a he had his doctor. He doesn't give still. it up. Well, here's the thing. I don't know. Maybe 2099 science has advanced to the point where he needed to re up his doctor, and he just didn't get around to it. So he's busy fighting Tiger Wild. His life is re upping <laughs> the doctorate. That's fair enough. Uh, Ahab, who's from Days of Future Past, present, present, present. One of the days. Know, he's of a future. jerk. Days of Future. Uh, Magistrate Braddock. I uh, can't remember where. She's sh- from Uncanny X Force. Uncanny. Just one, of, one of Rick's stories in Uncanny X Force. Yep, thank you. And uh, and a Deathlock, ver- an Abomination version of Deathlock, which is also from yeah. Rick's Uncanny X Force. So awesome. So that's your Chrono Core. And the cover <laughs> by Daniel Cunha is just fantastic. Yeah, if we had an office together, we could hang that. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Uh, so this is part two of Avenge the Earth. And we've got Planet X and the mutants. And, uh, you know, you've got... Uh, is this Eamon? Yeah. Eamon yeah. is trying... She's, yeah. she's just manipulative. And she's gathering the 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 mutant I don't know high council or whatever they are yeah. to go and track down um, Alex Summers and stop him from doing something terrible or something that could endanger the their entire reality on the flip side Alex has got his daughter which is just this sweet thing and boom he gets kanged oh I love that he gets kanged uh, it's so great. Also, forgot to mention that Thor is with the Chrono Core. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. You've got Thor, uh, our Uncanny Avengers Thor, mm-hmm. with the Chrono Core. Um, and Feeling the, really bad about everything. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> like, oh, crap, you just got kanged. We had no idea. Sorry. Yeah. But also, uh, Thor's just like, hey, look, I'm sorry I got the Earth destroyed. Yeah. I'm sorry I didn't know what I was doing getting into bed with Kang. My bad. Yeah. I'm Thor. Uh, so our Sunfire and Wolverine have a oh. horrific fate uh, that you learn about in here. I almost feel like, I mean, they both have bad stuff going on, but it doesn't look like Wolverine's is so much worse. Yeah. Sunfire just looks like he's sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Having a little nap. Yeah. Uh, so all that's, and then you've, you've got the two forces come together in a big old, like half the book is just them fighting. Yep. It's, you know, this uh, this group of mutants uh, with Cable and Cyclops and Storm and uh, Toad and Blob and uh, who are those two? Mm, There's an avalanche. Pyro's in there Pyro. and Lady Avalanche. Yeah. Uh, pretty rad. Uh, lots of big Thank fighting. You, some great lines in here. Mm-hmm. Doom gets a great line, uh, but the book ends with Thor stealing the best line of the book. Boom. It's epic. Pretty good stuff. All right. Finally, last but not least, What If Age of Ultron number four, written by Sneaky Joe Keating, art by Piotr Kowalski and Neil Edwards. I say sneaky because once again, 
No Ultron in this book. Just another awesome what if story. I want Joe to write an Ultron book that never, never has, has Ultron, Ultron forever. Ultron never shows up. Yeah. Ultron's kind of here. I don't know. I think they're implying that the age of Ultron screws up the past. So this one focuses on Captain America. Yeah. The, yeah. the idea is that all the time traveling that happens in it's, Age of Ultron is what sets is these up. What sets these up. So, anyways, Captain America, instead of getting found by the Avengers when they find him, he's not alive, he's dead. So we never have a Captain America. So I love that because that's yep. the setup. It's like, what if the Avengers found Captain America? But yeah, but, but they he found was him dead, dead. You know, like boom, yeah. off and running. So neat, neat, neat little companion piece to Captain America Lives, which we read yes, a couple weeks ago. Exactly. So then, uh, America goes to crap. Uh, everyone's homeless apparently, and the White House is destroyed. We don't get to see how it got there. It's just like if Captain America's not around, this is what's going to happen. It looks like the uh, 2015 version of. Uh, the Back to the Future yeah, reality. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. Like, really messed yeah. up. Things are bad. So, enter the Punisher and Iron Man, saying, Frank Castle, uh, I know that everything went wrong because we don't have a Captain America. Steve Rogers was great for his time, where everything was more innocent, it was World War II, and, you know, apple pie and all that. We need a Captain America who's going to represent this time, where everything is terrible, and you, sir, are that Captain America. <laughs> you are that terrible. Yeah, and Fred Castle's just like, what? Are you, uh, you're joking. You're fools. Uh, this is all the Illuminati's plan. The Illuminati's there. And they do convince Frank to be Cap. Uh, he doesn't shave. He still has his razor stubble, which is great. I yeah. love that. It's very 90s. And he doesn't have his uh, wings, the wings on his ears. Yeah. But otherwise... But they, they, they juice him up with yep. some sort of super soldier serum. Super soldier serum equivalent. Yeah. Uh, there's an implication in here. That we talked about before the podcast. I want readers to draw for themselves. I think the Illuminati did something to Frank Castle to spur him along to become the Punisher, but I may just be imagining this. But anyways, it extends. You get to go to the future. You see Captain America basically becomes a franchise. Tony empowers tons of people. There's like a Captain America core. Which is uh, something we yeah. that's been established in other comics. I thought yep. it was cool to sort of loop that in here. And they have a nice little uh, Gran Torino-esque uh, epilogue <laughs> where these two kids find old man Frank Castle and one of them says, that used to be Captain America and the other said, no, it wasn't. And Frank Castle totally like almost kills this kid yeah. with with a trash can lid. I mean, you know. He's, like, he's he lands straight on his head. Yeah. Anyways, he has a little mentorship with this little girl. It's sweet. And uh, that leads to what ends the comic. It was it was nice. It was a nice little twist. Yeah. I love that series. That was fun. Joe Keating's doing a great job. I, again, Joe Keating for ongoing What If writer, as yeah. we said. Yeah, 100%. I yeah. would... I would do whatever I could to make that happen. What can you do? I don't, not, nothing. So much. Yeah. All right. What's your twin? My twin is Electra, number yeah. one. Good call. Boom. Since you did that, I was glad you did that because then that way I don't have to do it because if you didn't, I would have had to because it was really good. Yeah. But that frees me up to look at some other stuff. There was a week where like, I kept reading stuff and I was like, no, that one, no, that one, yeah. no, that one. Uncanny Avengers was good. Superior Spider-Man team-up was good. But I'm going to cheat a little and say it's the Mark Wade double feature for me. Oh, Daredevil and Original Sin were both yep. really good. So it's going to be. A, I would agree with that 100. percent Yeah, Alexander Lopez, you've had some time. You've read some of these. What do you think? I read Uncanny this morning on the train. It was pretty good. What did you read? Um, oh, you read Uncanny. Yeah, I was like, Uncanny's not a title. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I really want to check out Original Sin though. Yeah, you should. I, I meant to check it out this morning. Excellent. Get to it. All right, you'll get to it. Yes. You'll get to it. Uh, collections on sale this week. We've got Marvel Masterworks, The Amazing Spider-Man, Volume 16 in hardcover. Savage Wolverine, Volume 1, Kill Island, trade paperback. 
Secret Avengers Volume 3, How to Maim a Mockingbird trade paperback, which That's is good. terrific. Yeah. Uh, Thor by Walt Simonson, Volume 5. You should have all the volumes of that. Uh, X-Men Legacy, Volume 4 for We Are Many. That's the last one that wraps oh, the series. Yeah. And nice. Yeah, that, all four of those X-Men Legacy trades, that's going to be great as a complete story. We've Definitely. been saying that for quite some time. And X-Men and Origin Story hardcover i don't know what that is me neither but i'm sure it's great uh digital comics on sale this week all the new stuff we talked about i guess no infinite comics this week uh because deadpool's done daredevil is done there's daredevil still daredevil's going. done daredevil's done uh, i think we're waiting for amazing spider-man amazing spider-man's coming up and we will also today or tomorrow have an announcement on another special one shot infinite comics but i don't know if it'll be out by the end of the day so i'm not going to say it here mm. just stay tuned to marvel.com and our social media outlets <laughs> here from New York. Uh, <laughs> also on the app is Captain America, number 215 through 239, and the first 27 issues of the original volume of Iron Man. Collections on the app this week. Uh, this, I think, wins for the longest title ever. All New X-Men, Indestructible Hulk, Superior Spider-Man, The Arms of the Octopus. It's so good, It's probably too. longer. Yeah, it was really so good. good. Avengers Arena Volume 3 Boss Level, Superior Spider-Man Team-Up, Friendly Fire, Superior Spider-Man Volume 3 and 4, No Escape and Necessary Evil, Get All Caught Up, Young Avengers Volume 2 Alternative Culture. And on Marvel Unlimited, we've got Daredevil number 32, FF number 13, Indestructible Hulk 14, Infinity Heist 2, Infinity the Hunt 3, Marvel Now What number 1. Nova number 9, Savage Wolverine 10, Scarlet Spider 23, Secret Avengers 10, Superior Carnage 4, Superior Spider-Man 19 and 20, Superior Spider-Man Team-Up 5, Thunderbolt 17, Ultimate Comic Spider-Man 28, Uncanny X-Men 13, and X-Men Legacy 18. Right on. That's a whole lot of stuff. Now it's time for news. Ben, what do we got? All right. So, like I mentioned, we uh, did an interview with Mark Wade that went up earlier this week that is going to be a new series this week in marvel now is converting a bit it's keeping the same name and we're still for those of you asking we're still working on getting its own dedicated uh feed on itunes and whatnot because it does not have it yet we're hard at work but for the time being you know just pay attention to our our twitter and whatnot and we'll let you know when new episodes go up but for the time being uh we're gonna kind of this week in marvel now will keep being about current books and talking to creators so now it is about original sin we're talking to people doing original sin tie-ins in the original sin series that'll run probably through the summer and then we'll see what it becomes after that uh we finally launched our new ar app go on marvel.com to learn all about that but it's very cool it's got new features it's uh improved usability all around and if you haven't tried it try it out uh it's got a lot of cool stuff going on for those of you who like our history of features that Jim Beard does, did a great job on Iron Man and on Captain America, as well as some other shorter ones. Uh, we kicked off two new ones this week to kind of tie in with both some anniversaries, some stuff coming up. The 75th anniversary, he started Ant-Man last week, History of Ant-Man, which is going to be kind of a quick, you know, four, six part one, just going over the various Ant-Men. And then in a longer form, this week started the history of Daredevil, which of course is going to be like 50 parts and wrap up somewhere around when the netflix show starts next year i had to explain to strami that the history of ant-man wasn't a history of hank pym right it was a history of ant-man in all his yes. many um you know all well, the people if who've if been and strami had read the piece he would yeah. see that the very last line of the first part is all about hank pym handing off 
the Ant-Man name to someone else. Yeah. But I guess Strami just likes to look at headlines and then move on. Yeah. And last thing is we got C2E2 coming up this weekend. Yep. So I'll shoot it over to you to talk about C2E2. Uh, yeah, we've got, let's see, there are seven official Marvel panels, two Marvel Games panels from some of our affiliates. Uh, so it's Marvel Heroes and uh, Marvel Puzzle Quest. Um, one of the seven that we're doing is the Marvel Unlimited Plus member exclusive panel. So if you are going to C2E2 in Chicago and you are a Marvel Unlimited Plus member, come to the Marvel booth with your ID card, your you know your information proving that you are a Marvel Unlimited Plus member, and we'll give you a there's a ticket that gets you into the room. That's the only way to get in. We will have security there and all kinds of stuff because this is. This is a, an event we're really making very exclusive, and we've got some stuff that we're not showing to anyone else. Uh, I've, you know, we've secured some really cool stuff that um, most of the public hasn't seen or won't see, and uh, it's very cool. Um, so that's going to be great. It's going to be a good time. There's a bunch of news coming out of it uh, that you'll see throughout the weekend, and we'll talk about more next week. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's yeah. it's, it's going to be. I, I love C2E2. It's a good show. Great crowd. And uh, we'll have lots of photos and probably some videos coming right. out throughout the week. Well, plenty of news coming out of it on the comics end. A lot of original Sin stuff. So if you guys have been wondering, kind of, you know, I know we've been doing a lot of teasers. We've revealed some of our original Sin tie-ins. A lot more are going to be unveiled this weekend. Some cool Spider-Man stuff. Some cool Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. Uh, a lot of neat stuff. A lot of cool X-Men stuff, actually. I forgot about that. Um, there's some stuff that if you're... An old school fan, whether that's seventies, eighties, or nineties, there's stuff for everyone coming out this weekend. Yeah, uh, another perk for Marvel Unlimited Plus members, we have uh, we have an event for uh, Disney Infinity 2.0 and Marvel next week happening in LA, and we invited a bunch of Plus members <gasps> to the event. Uh, they got first dibs on special seating there, and um, it's just one of those things. We're doing a lot of cool stuff. I was in a great meeting talking about uh, what we're going to do when we refresh all the cool stuff that people get later in this year for Plus, and I'm very excited. I think we've, we've got some really cool options and some fun stuff coming up. So, yeah, good times. Time to kick it over from, to Mark for more news on his end. Hello there, this week in Marvelites. This is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom coming to you from gorgeous, sunny, beautiful Los Angeles with the latest updates from Marvel out here on the West Coast. Kicking things off, we have an all-new episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this Tuesday at its regular time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 Central, of course. This episode brings Maria Hill back to the series. That's right, Kobe Smulders is back reprising her role, which she also played in, of course, the pilot to the series, as well as Marvel's The Avengers and Captain America The Winter Soldier. So you get to see her back in action. You get to see more of Adrian Pazdar as Colonel Glenn Talbot as he comes knocking on Coulson's door. And... It's pretty much everything I can say, but in the next week or so, we will also, of course, have an all-new episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Declassified, catching you up on the events of last week's episode and getting you ready for 
next Tuesdays, we will have a new piece of art in the Art of Level 7 program. Of course, this past Thursday, we unveiled a gorgeous piece by Pascal Campion. He did a really, really great piece that featured Colson and the cellist to promote this last episode. And I don't know if the new piece will be out there by the time you're listening to this, so I shouldn't say what it is. But it's awesome, and you will be able to see it on Marvel.com. And of course, as usual, we brought you our favorite quotes from this past Tuesday's episode and a reading list for those of you that are interested in reading more about some of the characters, some of the situations, some of the storylines from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and finally, on the S.H.I.E.L.D. front, we unveiled the synopsis for the penultimate episode of this season. It is an episode entitled Ragtag, and gave some more details on just what exactly will be going down. Ian Quinn's back, John Garrett, of course, is back, Deathlock's back, we've got tons of big stuff coming up. And we'll be unveiling the synopsis for the season finale this week, this Friday. So keep your eyes out for that on Marvel.com. Jumping over into the world of games, we launched the Amazing Spider-Man 2 official mobile game this week from Gameloft. It's an incredible open-world game. It's a great Great experience. You can get it now on your iOS and Android devices for $4.99. Download it now. Swing through New York as Spidey. And, of course, check out his new movie coming out in just about a week. Yes. Is it already a week? Two weeks. I have no idea what day it is. It's in two weeks. All right. That pretty much covers everything. As you can see, I am still in a little bit of a haze coming back from vacation, but I will be back full force next week with even more from Marvel West. Until then, I wish you a splendiferous weekend, a splendiferous-er week. I thank you for listening, and I will chat with you once more in seven days. All right. Thank you, Mark. Welcome back from vacation. Uh, time for This Week in Marvel. Un- what? No. This Week in Marvel questions and comments. Not yeah. Unlimited Reading Club this week. That's next week. Yep. Uh, questions and comments. And if you guys are listening, while you're listening, use the hashtag This Week in Marvel to uh, tweet us what you think about the comics you're reading, the podcast, anything you want. And we'll talk about it in two weeks. First up. Kyle Charles says, awesome, the Iron Nail can morph like a Power Ranger. I thought that was, yeah, that was a neat twist. Yeah. Uh, He says, Ultimate Spider-Man 200 is my twim of the month. The month? The month. Holy crap. Rest in peace, Peter Parker. That'd be Timim. (laughs) It's month and marvel of the month. Uh, It's great to see Kurt back in the X-Universe. Hashtag Banff. Totally. He says, Mighty Avengers number nine. I called it months ago. Awesome reveal. That was the Ronin identity reveal, yeah. which, to be fair, I think a lot of people knew about. I mean, <laughs> we said it without saying it. It yeah. was very clear. But good for you for calling it. Yeah. Especially if you didn't know. Totally. If you actually knew it, then twim demerits. <laughs> uh, he says, I have had such an emotional Spider-Man related week. The ending to Superior Spider-Man... And I saw The Amazing Spider-Man 2. It's a lot of Spidey. A lot of Spidey. He says, uh, My favorite part of all new X-Men number 25 was the Peter and Kitty relationship breakdown. So cute and funny. That's what we call a meat cute. A meat, meat cute? Meat cute, right? 
Oh, wait, all new X-Men 25. That wasn't... I thought you were just saying Peter Quill. You're saying Peter Colossus? I don't know. New X-Men 25. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was the, the the Colossus, Peter. Yeah. Because that, that, like, two-page... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was funny. Yes. That was funny. All right. Uh, Christopher Short. A little disappointed with what the number three. My favorite part was panel on the back kicking Sandman on us. So you got a little picture here. Is that original, like, the original print series of what the... Uh, must be right. I don't know. I don't know. I guess. Hey, uh, if you're disappointed in what though, then yeah. I have no. Christopher, hope for you. let us know what this is from. I'm really curious, actually. Um, Cipher and Warlock and All New X Factor Volume One just added to my wish list. Okay, we got a movie question here. <laughs> I'm gonna turn this over to you. Um, can you explain the rights of the twins from Avengers? Can Marvel also use Beast because he's mainly an Avenger? Uh, to the first part, no. It's not something I do publicly. Uh, you know that Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are in the Avengers. That is all. That's all uh, you need to know. Yep. And as far as Beast, um, he won't, I don't think, no, we won't see him in the Avengers. No. All right. Let's go over to Timothy James Franco, James Franco's evil cousin. Yep. Finally got around to reading Wolverine the X-Men number two. I need a Days of Future pasta shirt. <laughs> That's pretty great. After mentioning at the Carol Corps meetup at WonderCon, who else would like a Flurkin' Cat Pizza Dog crossover? Oh my god, I would. That would sell like Chewy, hotcakes. Chewy and uh, Lucky, right? Lucky yeah. is Pizza Dog? Well, that, those are their real names. These are their code names. I know. But they have great real names, too. I know, but you wouldn't bill that. Like, you don't bill a Captain Marvel um, Hawkeye. Like, you don't call the book Carol Danvers Clint Barton. I do. Right, the internet would. They always like to use the first names. That's How's what, Clint doing? That's why, you're not There's char- that's why you're not in charge of sales. Yeah. Robert Nolan says, Thanks for answering my question about MCU tie-in comics. A list on the Marvel website would certainly beat Wikipedia. We always beat Wikipedia. Yeah. We're, we'll, we'll be working on that. Yep. Uh, Robert says, Just watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the Yes Men episode, and Captain America, the Winter Soldier, earlier this week. Love the MCU. Hashtag it's all connected. I uh, said, so just wanted to say a quick thanks for your information on assembling a universe. Interna- international air dates can be a pain, and it was genuinely appreciated that you made it clear it was U.S. only to start with. That kind of detail makes us non-U.S. fans feel considered, and that is the most important thing. Genuinely, thanks. No problem. And, yeah, these are the questions. I am constantly asking about international stuff, yeah. simply because I know how many of you guys out there aren't in the U.S., uh, and I would like to be able to help you out with things as much as I can. It's just sometimes... You know, I don't have those answers, and then, you know, but always feel free to constantly come back and ask me. Yep. Robert says uh, to Cooley Bear Think Marvel or any company have considered marketing little Banff plushies? X Men fans would love them. To be honest, I'm astonished those have never been considered to be marketed. Uh, oh, who says they've not been considered? Oh, yeah. Believe me. I, uh, I have they've, emails. They've been around since like the yeah. the 80s. Yeah. I can't believe nothing's ever been known with them. Yeah, we shall see. Yeah. Uh, question. One for Ben J. Morse's encyclopedic knowledge. Hit me. In the classic Avengers tale where Marina becomes Leviathan. Classic. That was the first Avengers comic I ever read. Seen again, Very classic. Seen again during Dark Reign. She has, quote unquote, hatchlings that swim off into the ocean. Is that ever followed up on? It was never followed up on, and I would wager one of the reasons it was never followed up on was because uh, 
Avengers at that point, when Marina became Leviathan, was kind of a uh, revolving door of writers. Uh, Roger Stern had just left the book. I remember Ralph Macchio may have written that issue, and then Walt Simonson came in, and then he wasn't on for very long. So a lot of the subplots that were dropped around that time ended up getting modified or dropped altogether. And I think uh, everything that was going on with Marina became kind of a victim of that. Namor would leave the book. Um, I feel like they, I, whoever wrote that definitely had plans, but I just don't think they were around long enough to do anything with it. There you go. Uh, Robert says, what, This Week in Marvel 128 definitely sold me on Captain Marvel issue two, and so I'll be ch- sure to check it out. Love that Carol is going cosmic. That's awesome. Yeah. Glad to hear it, Robert. Let us know what you think. Uh, he says, is there a possibility of, or has one already been announced, for a Superior Spider-Man 1 through 31 hardcover mm. omnibus? Nothing announced yet. Doesn't yeah. mean it's not a possibility. People yeah. really took to that series after saying they would hate it. So, yeah, yeah. I love that. Who knows what like, could we knew, like, we just, you know, yeah. Dan Slott got so much crap at the yeah. beginning, and then now people watching, are so pissed that yeah, it's going like, away. What are you doing? I love yeah. Otto. It was like, yes, we know. Yeah. This is what we do. Yeah. We tear you apart. Yeah, it's one of those people. Yeah, you jerk. Yeah, why do we hire you? Yeah. I never came up in the interview process. <laughs> uh, Robert says to Christopher Short, he says, In answer to your question in This Week of Marvel 128, the Queen has power over anyone possessing the so-called insect gene, a DNA trait connecting humans that split from insects on the evolutionary tree. Hmm. Well, there you go. There you go. All uh, right. And Robert says to Dirty Lash, did you ever find This Week in Marvel now episodes on iTunes? I can't. They mentioned them in episode 128. Right. We responded to this. Um, like I said, we're trying to get that up on iTunes because it is a separate podcast from the main This Week in Marvel podcast. So it's not on iTunes yet, but you can find it on our site. And if you're really struggling, you know, you can always tweet myself or Blake. Uh, we'll, we'll hook you up with the direct link. Kieran Doherty, listening to This Week in Marvel on my break at work, making a Saturday shift not that bad. Almost. Kind of. Well, I'm glad we could help uh, any little bit. And then another one from Kieran. Making my girlfriend a sort of comic book mixtape. Essential reading Mm -hmm. for a Marvel introduction. Any suggestions? Um, Runaways. I think we did good on there. I mean, I always drop Marvels in. I know we say it all the time. But it introduces so many characters who, if she likes any of those characters, she can go back to that. Yep. Um, i trying to think of books that have exposed people to, like, a lot of characters at once. Um, but, you know, on the flip side, there's Captain Marvel sure. and Ms. Marvel. Yeah. Uh, I think are great introductions to the Marvel Universe mm-hmm. and, like, the core of our heroes in a very modern and, and current versions. Yeah. Um, I think Young Avengers a lot of fun. Yes. Every yes. version of Young Avengers, yeah. too. That's the nice thing is if you start with Heinberg's Young Avengers, you can just keep working your way yep. right on up um you know try some of the try some of the point one specials too because those have a lot of short stories that kind of introduce our books that are going on right now yeah so if you try like the original point one or marvel now point one or all new marvel now point one uh, if she likes any of the short stories in there you can then go back and jump in the series from yeah two other things you should also consider does she like the movies mm-hmm. if she does does she have any particular favorite characters right there you go and then you can find some things that really appeal to her interest uh, Hawkeye would also put on that yep. list because it's just, just gonna, it's great for a, a, someone who's not used to comics it's a cool different yeah. take same with Black Widow actually yeah Black Widow as well uh, and also what kind of stories does she like does she like action does she like adventure does she like you know mystery 
try to find what she digs, and then we can help out a little bit further. Yeah, but that's a good start. There's a lot of stuff for you right there. Definitely. So hopefully that'll provide a good start. Squirrel Boy, 28 point now, continuing to have my favorite name mm-hmm. of anybody. Uh, someone that we love finding to stop the presses and make this T-shirt, and again, it's Days of Future Pasta. <laughs> All right, that's two requests in one, right? Yeah. Uh, then we have why can't I find or subscribe this week in Marvel Now on <laughs> iTunes same question we already addressed it we're working on it um, and then Scott McElroy saying number two podcast listening for half marathon hashtag distraction hashtag better faster stronger hashtag hail hydrated hail it's, hydrated is a funny hashtag yeah, but man this week in Marvel yeah John Swindle says to Ben, have we learned yet how Star-Lord, Thanos, and Drax are alive post-Thanos Imperative, but not Rich Rider? We have not. Mm. Seems like a question that should be answered. Mm. That's all I got. Yep. Uh, Chris Vaughn adds, uh, has a little photo. This makes me so happy. Yeah, he said, so Teddy Roosevelt joined uh, Avengers Alliance on the side of the villains. All right. That's great. Yeah. So it's in the spec op. Yep. Uh, have you been playing the spec op? Oh, I beat it. Oh, you beat I it. I got right. my Falcon. I got a couple more days left. I'm very close, but I've been dealing with some other stuff. Recently, house stuff also. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a whole nother podcast, guys. But yeah, this is when you choose in the Wakanda mission of the Spec Op to go after the White Gorilla Cult. They have the most awesome uniforms. Not just Teddy Roosevelt. Um, and it's not Teddy Roosevelt. It's, it's not just, Teddy Roosevelt. Just a guy with a hat. Guy and who looks yeah, and the awesome handlebar mustache. But uh, yeah, like all of them, all of the White Gorilla guys look incredible. I want them to become a huge Marvel. <laughs> Villainous force. Yeah. They're great. Uh, speaking of Avengers Alliance, mm-hmm. um, did you manage to get uh, Volstag? No. Me neither. I lost track. Uh, I, look, you got a spec up going on, you got a PvP going on. Yeah. Volstag will be available somewhere down the line. I did pick up Gamora the other day and I still haven't even played as her. I, I haven't picked her up yet because I just, yeah. I don't, I'm still leveling up uh, Fandral. And uh, Iceman. Yeah, no, I have. I'm definitely like a case of like I see something new and I grab it. I have so many characters I need to power up. Like, I have characters from months ago who are still at, like level three. I'm I'm not managing my time well. Um, <laughs> but I yeah, I don't even know what she can do yet. I haven't played. I played as Venom once. Um, oh, I haven't even gotten Venom. Yeah, I have Venom. Like they're available now. Yeah, in the store for those of you listening. But yeah, hopefully Falcon today. A little more PvP work over the weekend, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Haywood says uh, last week's twim was Iron Man 24, more tech versus magic goodness. Um, he says, now on to Taskmaster. Um, I guess that's for the uh, Avengers lock lines. boxes in. Yeah, he said, uh, getting PvP. Taskmaster won't be that easy. Rocket Ooh. is super hard. I actually got. I, uh, I had 77 lockboxes and went through a string what? of doing How'd them. How did you get 77 lockboxes? Because I play PvP five right. times okay. a day. Okay, okay. You know, I get right. my five wins in right. and they hot. build up. Don't get hot. Can't help it. Uh, and I, seven in a row, new covers. Kidding. So now I only have one left. Ooh, that's and great. I, I, it's going to take forever. No, because they have that's that new thing where... I know, but I just, I'm just saying. All right. That's how it is. Mm-hmm. You have that much good luck. Like, karma's <laughs> going to get you on the way back. <laughs> Uh, Haywood says, last week's twim of the week was Hulk number one. Wade and Bagley are a blockbuster combo as the mystery continues. Love that. That's some, that's some excellent... Um... Comic booking? Yes. Haywood uh, <laughs> uh, says, can't wait to see Amy Acker steal the show on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, that was a great episode. Yeah, she, my... Uh, uh, the scene? I, no, I don't know, because I was home in Boston, so I, but my DVR tapes it. So I go home, my DVR last night, I was going to watch it. I turn it on. 
and it's just black, and then it like jump cuts up. Uh, it's broken. Like since all my other DVR shows work, so I'm gonna give it a day, and then if it doesn't work, then I'll probably call my cable company. Yeah, and I'll just watch it online. Yeah, just watch it online. I was annoyed, but it's a terrific. I was episode. all set to watch it last night. Yeah, all set to watch it. I can, well, we'll figure that. out. Yeah, we can talk out of school. Um, I, I, there's ways for me to get it. Yeah. All right, Hannah Lovato. <laughs> uh, just <laughs> hashtags. Spider-Man, This Week in Marvel, Thoughts, Truth, Ultimate, these are all hashtags, Ultimate FF, VIP underscore special, Volcom, Winter Soldier, you and I, Zoe, and then shows a pic of Taylor Swift from one of her videos. Oh, is that who that is? Yes. Oh. I'm a little hipper on the, yeah, the music certainly. scene. So, yeah. I don't know what that means, but None Hannah, of that it. was... I love it. That's it's the brilliant. best tweet. Thank you. You get 10 twin Yeah, points. thank you for that. <laughs> Daniel Two Dunn says to Jason Aaron, "Gonna miss you on the Xbox. How about iBoy I number one? I have a feeling if Jason Aaron could call his own shots completely, and he does to a degree, but if he could call his own shots, he would be writing an iBoy ongoing. Oh yeah, no question." Michael Timpe says, "Finally saw Winter Soldier. The twins look great. Time for Avengers: Age of Ultron." Uh, we got a little more before that. Oh. Guardians of the Galaxy? No, I'm not to you. I'm saying before Avengers two, oh, yeah, we still yeah. have Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah, don't jump the gun. No gun jumping. Yeah. Zoe. Uh, is this the Zoe who is hashtagged? I don't know, but she says, oh, this week in Marvel is trending. Was it really? I don't know. That's cool. That's awesome. I don't, yeah. I don't think we've ever been trending before. USA. <laughs> in the world. Everywhere. We are trending. What's wrong? What is wrong with you over yeah. there? <laughs> USA. You're like having breathing problems. Are you all right? Nah, I got a cough going on. Okay. Oh, I just yeah. want to make sure you're okay. Quiet. <laughs> Uh, Raph AB says, reading on Candy X-Men number 20, there's an iPhone caption in French. What? Nothing to do with the story, but funny stuff. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, he says, Psylocke correcting Phantom X on his French, but she's wrong too. I've got his CC'd Spurrier on there. Yeah. So that he can see what he's doing wrong. Uh, what are you doing? She's British. Me with water. She's British. Yeah, that doesn't paper. necessarily mean she's great at French either. Yeah. No, but whatever. I'm glad he's calling Cy out. Yeah. All right, gay comic guy. We are going to go ahead into the final leg with you. Hearing, oh yeah, this is great. <laughs> Hearing Agent M and then Jay Ward's giggle through saying just the tiff like little kids on this week of Marvel podcast made my day. LOL. I mean, what? It's fun. It's fun. It's just the tip. Just just the tip. Sometimes you got to use just the tip. What's the other thing we used to say? <laughs> I forget what it was. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, I'll remember it at some point. Um, and then said to us, haha, no injuries, just lots of laugh. Laughs, as usually happens when I listen to This Week in Marvel at the gym. Yeah. Glad there were no injuries. Glad This Week in Marvel folks pointed out Christos Gage's amazing Peter Sp- Parker Spider Man dialogue. That was all Ryan. I missed it completely. Um, I mean, I hate Christos, so that doesn't <laughs> hurt. In Superior Spider Man 31, great stuff. Uh, eventually, we'll have some cool Christos news, which oh, I can't reveal good. yet, yeah. but that's going to be awesome. We love Christos. I mean, I hate Christos, but as a company, <laughs> we love him. Ollie uh, just discovered Annihilators. Oh my God, Alpha Plus class power uh so amazing so legendary i love it yeah you know, that team they're, they're still kicking around somewhere it'd be cool to see them yeah. although they're kind of scattered to the winds at this point yeah at this point they've all got other stuff that they've nice they've little reunion somewhere down the line that could be fun <gasps> look who it is yay gunhild skilled welcome back Getting usa back. usa you're from norway Getting back into This Week in Marvel after a months-long absence. Missed me? Yes, absolutely, we missed you. Extra fun listening to my new Nifty Cap 2 headphones. Ching. That's awesome. 
Mellow, Mermaid Mellow says, may have teared up just a little, okay, fine, a lot, over Groot's early years in Guardians of the Galaxy number 14. Damn. Yes. Yes. And John Simerman says, Daniel Cunha's character designs for the Planet X Council and Uncanny Avengers are stupid awesome. Stupid awesome. Stupid awesome. That is the best way to end this. Yeah. Uh, Damn straight, John. Damn skippy. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, you've got a Twim URC to read for next week, which yeah. uh, is a whole bunch of different Oh, books. yeah. It's the first appearances of the Fantastic Four, of Hank Pym, of the Hulk, and of Spider-Man. Uh, nice Silver Age stuff. We'll talk about it next week. Till then, from New York, this is Marvel's Yours Universes. <laughs>